don't think people know much about who Mogliani's models are and that. So it's a bit anonymous for them, really. But And also, I suppose they're not alive now to see how respected... Because I believe that when he was alive, he only had one exhibition and he was hardly sold any work. But I've read that people models got paid quite a lot in those days, so perhaps they did it for the money. My name's Sue Tilly, and I uh, used to work for Lucian Freud, and I sat for four paintings for him. One which was at one point the most expensive painting sold at auction by a living artist. It sold for $35 million, and another one sold for $50 million. Kind of liberating, but it comes very natural to me. At the end of the day, is the way we were born. Being in a nude is not being naked. Being naked, yeah, it's like you're giving your power away. Somebody make you feel naked. Obviously, not everybody is comfortable doing that, so people are grateful. By being in a nude, it's like, you know what? This is who I am. We take it, we leave it. So I'm not a nudist or, you know, or anything. So in my head, I write, like, it's going like going to the doctors. He sees naked people all the time. It'll be fine. So once I've done it once, I didn't mind. So I'm just getting my dark coats out of the fridge. I suppose each painting took nine months, sort of two or three days a week. You know, I don't know. I never really thought about it at the time, so I didn't realise it'd be so important, if you know what I mean. I never realised. I just thought it was like going to work, doing a job. Oh, and it might be in a gallery one day. I never realised the whole furore and how important that painting would become. So I didn't really think about what I was doing much, really. And, yeah, you could see the painting changing every day because some people seem to think it was hidden, but because it was so big... The painting was facing me, and then he was facing the painting, but then turn round and then remember what to paint all the time. And it, what I liked as well when I went there, because he had about three or four other paintings going on as well, so I really liked seeing how they were getting on and how they changed and what was going on with them. Yeah, years after I finished working for Lucy, and I forgot, you know, I'd sort of forgotten about it really. Every now and then a little something had asked me something, but it was no big deal, you know, I'd forgotten about it. And I was sitting in the job centre and I worked on the fourth floor. And someone rang up from downstairs and went, oh, the evening standards have come to see you. And I'm saying, what have they come for? That's very odd. So I went down to see them and said, oh, we just come to see you because we found out one of your paintings by Lucian's being sold. It's going to be the most expensive painting in the world. And I half thought it was candid camera, a joke. And I'm thinking, it's very peculiar. Why hadn't anyone told me? Why hadn't anyone else mentioned it? And why would the evening standard be the first people to tell me? So anyway, then they said, oh, we want to take your picture. We've got a cafe outside. Oh, let me go upstairs and put some lipstick on. So I ran upstairs, quickly got on my computer, Googled, nothing on there. I thought, it's very weird, there's nothing mentioned. This is really weird. Then the next morning I had to go to a funeral of a very dear friend. And then the do afterwards was in Soho and everyone was running around holding the newspaper with my picture on the front. I thought, you know, I thought it'd be a tiny bit inside. I didn't know it'd be front page news. And I think it's lovely, because when I was young, I used to sit and read um, art books all the time and look at the people and wonder about them and everything. So I think it's really nice that people know who I am and know what I'm like, and, and when they meet me... Because I think when it first came out, cause, oh, she's the girl who works in the job centre, she was platform obscurity, she's some little drip, you know. Little did they know, really, that I'd had a very exciting, interesting life, and I was hardly just the girl from the job centre. And also, now, the, although the pictures haven't got my name in, people say they're Sue Tilly. I like that. And one of my favourite things is being a question on quizzes on the telly. <laughs> That's a great thrill. <laughs>
quite a university challenge. I think I've been twice, the chase twice, pointless. So I like that. I'm Valentina Rock, I'm an Italian art model and um, just at the Methodist Church is Muswell Hill doing a portrait class and the class is just packing up at the moment. My first time I took my clothes off in, for, in front of a life class was a um, sixth form class. I was very nervous because you never know when you pose in front of 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds. And actually, I have to say, they were all fantastic. It was very easy. Once you take your kimono off, it's just the most natural. It's a, just a second that you may feel uncomfortable and then after that all goes away. While I'm posing, I can actually think of how to organize my day. Sometimes I do my shopping list, sometimes in the next poses, and sometimes I'm just in the moment. I'm just leave and brief my body, um, the position I'm in, or I just go in relaxation mood. I love music, so I usually listen in my head to a song, and I like also Frank Sinatra. So I've got a lot of Frank Sinatra in my head. Um, but that's me. Um, I just find meditation music very boring. Uh. <laughs> My name is Freya Lillian Porteous and I'm a fresh life model. So crazy robot hoover. getting ready to go to work so um i am currently putting on my makeup <laughs> like a year and a half ago i really needed some extra money um i kind of thought well like just screw it i'll just try it and like see how it feels so in that way it was kind of like a form of like radical acceptance therapy and um, so because i have body dysmorphia issues I kind of see myself very differently depending on how I feel internally so if I feel really horrible about myself I'll often like like all the things I don't like about myself quite exaggerated if that makes sense whereas if I'm feeling better about myself I can kind of see things a little bit more of a realistic way but I find with life modeling it's very different being photographed because people are kind of experiencing you through the process of creating the artwork. The part of my body that I was uncomfortable about being depicted was my lips, yeah. my nose, because being black, you know, apparently we have flat nose <laughs> or big lips. Uh, but also it's to do with my childhood, you know, um, and, and I still feel this today, even after 20 years, when people do a portrait of me and they talk about the nose and the nostrils and the, the lips. I'm, like, I'm very conscious and then I had to stop myself and say, look, it's not about you. It's not about you. They're here to learn how to draw a mouth, how to draw an eye, how to draw a nose. It's got nothing to do with you. So you just, I wouldn't want to say a tool, I'm just facilitating. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, come on, no. Rolf, Rolf. So my name is Marim Data Sanbedo. 
and uh, I've been modeling for 20 years. Being a black model, you know, working with people has different dimension. It's all depend if the artist is comfortable with, you know, dealing with color, I think. If they're comfortable with dealing, uh, kind of using color, they will actually fall in love with my skin color or my lines or, or the pose that I take. I want to be in a museum one day. You know, today you go to the museum and you see those amazing paintings and I want to be captured. But I don't want to be captured as a black woman with the colonialist conception of black people. We don't all look the same. Like, one of the main things about being a life model, you constantly have really dirty feet. Especially from being in studios, it's always covered in charcoal. <laughs> a lot of um, people assume that it's a very easy job. I would say that you need at least 50 hours training to condition your body in order to be a proper life model. Yeah, sometimes it used to ache, and they used to put these really filthy pillows behind you that you use for everybody, but I quite liked it because I thought, the DNA of all his models is in that pillow. So it was like a weird connection. Because when you're actually working as a model, you are very isolated. You are on your own with all these people. It is very lonely job, actually. So I'm just going through my Instagram and I'm trying to find it. <laughs> okay, so my favorite drawing or painting depiction of me has lots of different sort of fragmented half drawings of me in various stages of suspension. So there's lots of limbs and things going on. But yeah, I just think it's really beautiful, especially like the drawing of my um, arms above my head. I think it's really like sensitive and it really captures how I feel when I'm in ropes, um, which is something that's quite special to me. Cause it, again, similar to life modeling, that's helped me kind of connect with my body in different ways. This uh, portrait is done in, in charcoal. I was totally in the nude, but this lady just captured my portrait. And what I love about that is that she really captured how I felt that day. I was really annoyed, really, really annoyed. She kind of captured me a moment where I was in a peaceful state and uh, I holding my head with my hand, you know, resting my hand in my head, um, wearing my, my scarf which I'm wearing right now. <laughs> and I'm just kind of finding the peace within myself, even with all this, you know, turbulence around me. It doesn't affect me. I'm in love. Actually, I'm in love with myself. But I think the simplicity of the line makes me, I'm like, wow, you know, she, she just used few lines and here I am, I appear. There is a painting that I really like and um, is a painting of an artist called Alexandra Veres. It was a reclining position. My eyes were kind of closed, but I was in a dreamy way. When you connect with an artist that can draw you and the painting talks to the model as well as someone else's magical. Right, so this is my favourite picture. So luckily the picture that sold for a lot of money was my favourite. He bought the sofa especially for me. It's very old and tatty. Cost a fortune, I believe, but I like the way I fit into it and squidge right into it. 
And if you look at the picture, I've got like loads of blue, blue veins, everything all over my breast. And the thing is, and little spots and blemishes. And the thing is, he loved that so much. If you had one, he'd paint it. And then that would go, and you might get another one, he'd paint that as well. Because So you look much spottier than you actually were, because it's nine months' worth of marks on your body. <laughs> but normally you'd only have one, because one would go, and one would grow. But that's what his favourite thing was, blemishes. Well, the bit is called Benefit Supervisor Sleeping. And to be honest, I wasn't sleeping the whole time because it was daytime. But quite often I did actually drop off because it was quite cosy. And people all write different things. They go, oh, she looks slowful. And then they go, oh, she looks bright and like she looks knows what she's doing. But, um, you know, I think I look happy there. I don't look like a victim or anything like that. I look like, you know, there I am happily ensconced on the sofa, enjoying myself, having a little nap, which is one of my favourite things. All right, so I'm looking at a picture by Modigliani, just called Nude, the detail. And the woman's got her back to the artist and very coyly looking over her shoulder. With a bit of a come-hither look, I'd say. She's got a bit of an eyebrow raise going on. <laughs> uh, she looks quite seductive, I think. Posing in that way is very strenuous on one arm, on the one arm she's resting. Because also there's a twist in the head. So she's giving her back, but then there's a twist in the head, which I don't think you can hold more than 20 minutes at a time. But she wants to help to support the artist to make that work possible. Because it's a collaboration between the artist and the model. If the model doesn't want to do something, they're not forced to do it. <laughs> and you can see it in a work of art. Uh, so it's a collaboration. It the kind of sensuality that you see in Odalisk of Angra, or is the kind of sensuality that you see in not many pictures. And Modigliani had a very interesting way, it was kind of dramatic, the lines were dramatic, you know, the features were very strong, and yet this is an extremely sensual, beautiful picture. Oh, so we've got one here, nude on a sofa, Almeza. Now, she looks like a right-goer, her. She's staring straight at the camera. She's flaunting herself. She's got her arm up in the air. Breasts are poking straight at the viewer. The demeanour that she's putting across is confident in her body and her sexuality. No, I don't think it does matter that we don't know who the Mogliani models are. I mean, you know, it's so different now, isn't it? If you want to know who I am, you can just Google me. you find all my business, cause, or Facebook, you know... Instagram, everything. My whole life is there in the ether for everyone to see. And in those days, it was more private. And unless one of those models kept a diary or something, you wouldn't really know who they were or what they were. Especially nowadays, uh, life models are definitely not objects. They're people. Uh, they're people who inspire artists, they inspire art. You can just as well draw a mannequin if you want somebody that keeps still and doesn't have a soul. I believe that um, there is not enough recognition of life models. Not always necessarily about you as a person. You're kind of like a sort of still life in a way, you know? We are beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful creatures. We are fascinating. We are full of excitement and, and I think this is what artists are sharing with the world. They really want to share this, this beauty, this simple beauty that we are. I think artists who paint nudes are just, 
they're revealing that they're challenging themselves to do the most difficult painting there is. You have to get it right, and everyone knows what a naked body looks like. You know, you could paint a landscape, who knows what it was like, you know, a bit of sun, a bit of sky. It changes with the wind, but a body is always a human body. So I think that's the ultimate test. So I think artists who do nudes are true artists and they're really testing themselves to the full. To see those paintings by Modigliani, visit the Modigliani exhibition at Tate Modern on until the 2nd of April 2018. Go to tate.org.uk forward slash podcasts to find out more and subscribe on iTunes or Acast. Special thanks to Sue Tilly, Valentina Rock, Marinda Tassimbedo and Freya Lillian Porteous. The producers were Emily Elias and Miranda Hinckley. It was a Something Else production for Tate.